When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Netflix, to your weekly guide on what to binge this week. I'm Helen Daly and I'm very pleased to be welcoming back Helen Kelly for this week's podcast. Hello. Hey. Together, we're the two Helens. Consider us your go-to girls. Your go-to Helens. For everything you need to know on the latest Netflix releases. This week, we're going to do things slightly differently and we're going to get hyped for the new season of Stranger Things. Yes, it might not be dropping on Netflix until July 4th, But we have an exclusive interview to get you ready for it. Yes, so I caught up with the author of Suspicious Minds, Gwenda Bond, who has written an official novel detailing Dr. Brenner's past. She gave me the insider scoop on her book and how she came to write such a thrilling story. And if that's not enough, we're going to be rounding up all of the latest news, gossip and theories about Stranger Things Season 3. Stay tuned to find out more. So if you've got this far into the podcast already, I'm going to assume that you're well aware of what Stranger Things is. Yeah, so this week, let's start with a recap on season one and two. We start with the fabulous four made up of Mike, Dustin, Lucas and Will. Unfortunately for young Will though, he went missing and ended up in the Upside Down. And after a series of adventures there, the kids eventually find Will, all thanks to their their friend with supernatural powers, Eleven, helping them out. And as a reminder for you all, season two ended with everyone seemingly free from the evil mind flare, except there was a big hint it'll be back. So what does this mean for the gang? Will was lucky to survive season two, but can he survive season three? It would be a miracle if he survives going somewhere like the Upside Down again. Like, come on, how many lives does that guy have? It's kind of like he deserves to survive, though, because he has got this far. Hmm. Or is it a cop-out? Killing him could be a bit of a cop-out. I kind of feel like, oh, I don't know. It's such a hard thing, because obviously you don't want to see a kid die. (laughs) But... He's not my favourite character, I'm going to admit it. Well, who is your favourite character? I think it's got to be Steve. And why? One, he has great hair. <laughs> yeah. And two, I think he really came a long way in the second series. Like, in the first one, he was kind of in pursuit of Nancy and wanted to know, like, why she was, like, disappearing, what was going on, that kind of thing. But this time around, he's kind of taken more of an interest. He's, like, trying to look out for the kids. I think there's a lot of like scope for his character but I feel like if we're talking about characters with great hair Dustin come on he must be the best character no he had a great on me a little bit I hate to say it I don't know I don't know what it is about the kids maybe it was the second time round. I just got a bit like oh I don't know the whole show's about the kids yeah that is true that is true have we hit a bit of a point here (laughs) I think it is a good show but they just kind of there is a lot of focus on the kids and school and I just think they could look at the older characters a little bit more like what about Joyce like I want to know a bit more about her backstory I want to know a bit more about Chief Hopper's like backstory do you know what I mean and as well you know Joyce has had so much sadness and I'd kind of like well she did have that glimmer of happiness in season two with her boyfriend but um like how how do you think it'll go for her in season three because Will is clearly not still all right. 
she needs to hook up with Hopper. That is it. Like they need a to bold get claim. <laughs> yeah, they need to get together. You can't deny it. The two of them in season one, everyone wanted them to get together. And when they went together in season two, I was so disappointed. Like I genuinely think that is the way it needs to go. Because then Will and Eleven can be like live together and it can be a nice happy house. I mean, that's probably never so gonna you're happen. You're shipping these characters. Yeah, strongly. <laughs> okay, so we've gone down the fan fiction route now. Mm-hmm. In terms of that, then what do you want to see in season three? In season three, there's got to be a great monster, hasn't there? Like season one, there was the upside down. I was terrified of season one. Like it was properly scary and it was proper like horror. And I I thought season two lacked that a little bit. Yeah, season two was not as scary. It was just bigger, really, in season two. And it it because it was bigger, it was less scary. They built upon season one, and I think they. They, they, they did do it well I have to admit but I just think they could have gone bigger and maybe we'll see that in season three because I have no idea what villain is out there for season three and it's taken quite a while for them to bring it back it's going to be what nearly two years yeah July 4th so it's got to be something big so it was quite big in season two we had the mind flayer mm-hmm. I believe is what the kids nicknamed it um and do you think that because it hasn't been defeated, that's what was hinted at the last shot of season two. Do you think then that we're going to see an even bigger, like kind of more progressed monster? Do you think the upside down will become the right side up? That would be a really interesting... Kind of twist, right? Twist, yeah. Um, I think it would be interesting to see all of the characters in there rather than say like one or two characters getting trapped and seeing the whole group together trying to work it out would be... A bit more interesting um obviously we've got new characters coming in as well so that'll be interesting to see i think we just need some more hints so netflix if you want to give us some more hints that would be great is please you. a trailer soon <laughs> oh my gosh yeah we've not had a trailer yet of course we've only had um like a slight snippet there was a shopping mall looks like it's going to be the new kid hangout um it's kind of do you think it's a bit cliche the shopping mall for a horror movie kind of thing um you could say that i'd say that if it was in season one but i mean there's woods um there's like a spooky lab and there is a high school they're all pretty typical settings of a horror film or series um so shopping mall i'll let them get away with it this time and i think as well it's one of the kind of main draws of stranger things is that it does kind of eat up as in a way these parodies that we've seen over the years you know it's very Twin Peaks it's very it sounds like it's going to be very Night of the Living Dead um I don't know I think I think it works well on those kind of I think it makes more relatable though potentially because if you're a kid or well if you're an adult who was a kid in the 80s you're going to see things that you recognize and be like that might take you back and I mean, I watched it and was like, oh my God, the soundtrack's so cool and this is a really cool reference. Um, And I'm a 90s kid and I still got quite a lot of it and it's just quite nice and you can kind of relate to it. It's not like it's set today. So I really do like the kind of nostalgic feel to it. Mm. Do you not think that? Yeah, I think the nostalgia is probably a bit of the draw. Um, But again, these kids are so modern that I think at times that kind of dichotomy between like the nostalgic themes of the show and then the really super ultra modern kids that are like over it I think it makes for like I think that's why I like Stranger Things basically and I think we've all kind of been those kids do you not think like you'd go around to your friends and you'd play like games like make-believe games and I mean I never played what was it 
dragons is it dungeons, dungeons and dragons? dragons i've never played that yeah but you you would go outside and you'd play as a kid and you'd make up all of these like stories so and it's that rush to get home before curfew on your bike and you like going faster than you thought your legs could take you because you need to get home by like eight <laughs> and running out of school so you can get home and get outside and play with your friends as quickly as possible yeah, yeah. Oh, we've all been there. <laughs> um, so we touched upon it slightly earlier. We do have some new cast members coming into season three. Um, first one that we, we have is Maya Thurman Hawk, who will join the main cast as Robin. Um, and she's going to play a new character who uncovers a dark secret in Hawkins. So how do you think she's going to be involved? She's obviously a little bit older, the actress. Seems like she's going to be with Nancy and her group. That would be interesting. Um, obviously, we had Nancy's sidekick of Bob in the first season. Bob, R.I.P. Bob. <laughs> Our condolences to Bob's family. Yes. Um, yeah, I think it would be nice to see Nancy have another friend, um, if that's Robin, or maybe it would be like a rival, like or someone who comes in and catches Steve's eye, yeah. and then Nancy's like, okay, what's going on here? And she could have like a dark secret. Nancy might want to protect Steve. Gosh, I'm getting into this far So do you much. think that Robin would have a dark secret in terms of like a teenage secret, not in terms of the upside down mad science world? Well, it's Stranger Things. Maybe her <laughs> dark teenage secret is something related to... She's oh, in like, love yeah. with a demogorgon. Yeah, or <laughs> she's like Eleven's mum and she went to a lab or something. And I don't. I think it could be like a secret about her past. Could be her dark secret she could be one of the experiments she could be like number six or something (laughs) yeah how many do we think it goes up to i don't know it could potentially go up to anything i feel like 11 was the last we don't know what dr brenner's been up to that's true i can't remember how many there were if it was referenced though it's been (laughs) too long too long and um stormtrooper star jake busey and carrie ewells will also be added to the lineup as characters bruce and maya clean so it seems like um maya clean maya klein however seems like we're going to also see the wider community as well which is quite interesting yeah i think that's good because if we keep it if you keep it focused on like a really core cast yeah that's great if you're a big fan of the cast but you kind of are going to get bored of the same storylines and I think introducing new characters is really crucial to the success of a good series. Um, Like imagine you still had all of the original people in Game of Thrones in there now. There's only so many times you can do certain storylines. But all of the new characters that have come in, you're like, oh my God, who's this person playing? Like I think it really helps to keep it fresh, um, keeps the audience on their toes and opens it up to new storylines and secrets from the past like we just mentioned. So... I don't know too much about these two characters, but I think it will be interesting to see how they... I think as well, in terms of narrative, if we think we're getting a mayor, how have they kept this um, massive secret of the Upside Down hidden from everyone? Like, maybe how does the in wider community it. not know this yet? I genuinely think maybe the mayor's in on it. Oh, That would be a good... Or they've got another experiment going on alongside, or they've been paid off or it's all very political there is a lot we lot of ways we could go with this <laughs> exactly and um finally haters back offs francesca real will feature as heather who is going to be a lifeguard at the community pool and becomes a focal point of another dark mystery lots of dark and yeah. lots of mystery <laughs> a lot of mysteries and secrets i mean stranger things is quite like mysterious mm. and kind of secret led you know the kids are trying to keep secrets from the parents the parents are keeping secrets from the kids 
there's no kind of like openness in Stranger Things. This makes sense to me. It's quite interesting that it's the newcomers who are coming in with secrets. It's not... Obviously, Eleven was new to the town in the first series, but that's how it all kicked off, really. Um, But I think it's interesting that there is a lot of new characters coming in. I'm quite excited for season three. However, do you think new characters coming in suggests old characters are going out? That's a tough one. (laughs) I kind of want to say it might, but at the same time... Some characters who've been there for the past two seasons, maybe it would be like, it would be very controversial to kill off one of the kids. They almost um, did. They almost killed off Will. They did. But I think if they did, imagine the kind of like outcry or the the shock. There's so many things. Like they could really surprise viewers. And I think that would be a really brave move. But I would also be very excited to see it. Can it be a true sci-fi kind of horror and be believable if none of the kids die? Even though they're in incredible peril. But did any of the kids die in the Goonies? I've never seen it. What? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Maybe that's another episode. (laughs) Um, I think, you know what, it's kind of like a family series. You could, like, if you're a parent, you can definitely watch it with your kids. Um, You can sit down and watch it with your friends. Adults love it, kids love it. Um, it's quite a wholesome show I think so I don't think they will kill off one of the kids but maybe Chief Hopper would die maybe that would be quite a big one like or Joyce yeah heaven forbid no please not (laughs) Winona Ryder no no one touch Winona Ryder do not kill her please (laughs) she's fine (laughs) she's just been blessed by the Helens (laughs) she's okay um so we don't know a lot, obviously, about season three, but one thing we have been told is the episode titles. I think they're really interesting. They're interesting, but very cryptic. Mm. Um, one that's caught my eye immediately is episode two, The Case of the Missing Lifeguard. So we've obviously just discussed um, Francesca Real playing Heather, and she's going to be playing a lifeguard. So I guess we kind of can guess who's going to go missing there. Or she doesn't go missing. Maybe she replaces the missing one and wants to find out why they went missing. Oh, she's like being replaced by the the aliens have put her there or something. Or maybe she's not even a real lifeguard and she's just been like shipped in by like, what was it, like the CIA? And they're like, you need to cover for us. This person's gone missing. We need to work out what's going on. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) And that could be her dark mystery. Maybe. Um, Another one that caught my eye is episode four, The Sauna Test. And I instantly through my mind back to Eleven when you know she had to have the hot bath to channel her kind of telepathic telepathic um powers and Mm. stuff could that be an indication that she's gonna have to go back to that really dark place yeah that's a bit of a weird one I think um I think a lot of them apart from Susie do copy they all start with the Mm. which is quite interesting the sauna test Maybe that could link to the lifeguard, but maybe there's a sauna near the community pool. Um, that could be a continuation there. Like you said, it could be a test. Um, the one I'm really interested in is the bite. Oh, <laughs> it just makes me really concerned. But do you know what make, that makes me think that someone's going to get infected by something or there's going to be like some fatal, like alien will bite someone and they could die and you'll all be on the edge of your seat until the final episode well, we the had battle that of starcourt that scene with will when he discovered that like he was infected and he had all mm. those veins up his neck 
was that a bite? Was that from a bite? Or was that like just from a kind of whip or something? Like he got caught yeah. by one of the demogorgons. Maybe it just like infected him, like went through his skin yeah. or something. So it could be something like that again. I just really want to double check something. The Battle of Starcourt. Is Starcourt the name of the shopping centre? I believe, yeah. That's going to be interesting. And it sounds super cool as well. Like having a battle in a shopping mall. And it sounds like a video game or like yeah. a film in the 80s, do you not think? And like there's so the many battle resources there. <laughs> like you could literally battle with anything. Well, I think that sets it out there. It's going to be a big dramatic finale to the season. Absolutely. Um, so in terms of season three, who's the runners and who's the Winona riders? Helen, you really need to stop <laughs> these puns. I can't. <laughs> Please. My creative juices are flowing. Okay. Do you think Eleven could die? yes Millie Bobby Brown is kind of branching out into like exactly. other like films and TV shows and the young kids are like they are getting older and they probably want to go and try and diversify try other things obviously this is a great start for them um I think Eleven will survive but controversially I'd like to see her die I think this might be her last season She's just come so close to peril, like, all the time. She is at the forefront of the danger, and she's, like, risked all of her life and energy to save these kids, and I just think maybe these kids need a bit of a wake-up call that they can't always be saved by Eleven, and Mm. I think think one battle might be too much for her. And with all these new characters coming in, Millie Bobby Brown's rise to stardom, I just think it's probably time. And also, maybe she could die as, like, a sacrifice. Like, she saved them. Mm, yeah. I mean, we did think... Didn't we think she had died at the end of season one? Yeah, there's... She's come close. Mm. She's definitely come close. The sauna scene as well. Like, she come very, very close. I think it's good by 11. Well, um, I recently caught up with Gwenda Bond, who wrote Suspicious Minds, who seems to have all of the ele- 11 knowledge down. Gwenda's novel looks at Dr. Brenner's past as well as Eleven's mother's history and it makes for some pretty interesting reading. Here's what she had to say on the matter. So I was wondering if you could tell me the premise of Suspicious Minds to start with. Absolutely. So this book is a prequel set before the show in 1969 and 1970. And it's about Eleven's mom, Terry, who we've gotten to know a little bit about on the show. But it's really a deep dive into her first meeting with Dr. Brenner and becoming involved in his experiments related to MKUltra, which, of course, were real historical experiments, although they were not successful as they are in the show. Uh, And so we get to know why she got involved when she figured out she was pregnant um, and basically just get to see this sort of secret history of uh, how all this came about. And um, so why, why did you want to do this and what made you pick this story in particular? Well, so I was approached by my editor to see if I was interested in telling a story that mm. would be a prequel about Eleven's mom. And I'm a huge fan of the show. Uh, And it was very interesting and exciting to me that they were choosing the first novel to center on um, this mother character, because I think mothers have been very important in the show. And when I started to think about what we know about Terry, you know, we've seen her fighting, um, you know, publicly trying to get her daughter back. And then finally, at the end of her rope, you know, 
breaking into this facility. And so she immediately seemed to me like this character that would have a very rich inner life. And I wanted to know more about her. Um, so, so it was sort of, a, uh, the best of both worlds and that the story was suggested. And then I had this freedom to explore and run with it. Hmm. And I was wondering with the character of Terry, um, how did you kind of come, ac- come about creating her? Was it something that the show kind of helped you with or was that, were you free to just run with it? A little of both. Um, I think we all agreed. So we had a consultant who worked very closely with us, who's a writer on the show and who could go chase down the duffers on set and ask for approval um, to make sure that we were doing things that they um, were on board with too. Uh, But I think we all agreed that we wanted Terry to have um, agency. Um, And I really felt strongly that this should be her hero's story. Even though it has a tragic end, I really wanted to give her a hero's journey of her own. Um, And to make make people fall in love with her and hopefully deepen their connection with um, the show and Eleven, uh, you know, through getting to know Terry. And also uh, we get to know Kali more who was a controversial character when she was introduced in season two. And I thought um, I was very intrigued by that character. And so it would be really fun to give her more of a backstory and maybe bring around some people who were not fans of that character necessarily by helping them understand her better. Hmm. And how much say did the um, Doffer brothers have in it? Like, I guess you must have worked kind of in tandem with each other. Well, yes, obviously this is their baby, um, and I'm super honored that they were, um, that I was trusted by everybody to to fill this out, and they really were great collaborators in terms of, I, I think they really want the writers who work in the, in their world to feel like they can bring their own perspective and point of view to things, but obviously it all has to cohere, because we want to expand and enrich the experience of fans, not drive them crazy, you know? <laughs> Um, and so I think for me, like I had worked on the Lois Lane series, um, Mm -hmm. which was another sort of dream project that kind of fell into my lap and I had a lot of freedom to shape that too. Um, and to me, the, the big trick is just, you have to only work on, um, a property like this, that's not yours, that you, um, love and understand enough that you can both bring your own point of view to it, but also have it feel right. Um, and so for the most part, I would say the only things I really ended up having to tweak were things that have to do with the larger kind of supernatural elements of the show to be consistent, because there are some things the Duffer brothers are the only ones who know at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, but as far as the characters and their arcs and journeys, um, I think we were all on the same page and I had a lot of freedom to flesh those out. And even things like, um, you know, pitching who Eleven's dad would turn out to be. Um, and, you know, they, they really gave me a lot of leeway there. And I was wondering, actually, if we could talk a little bit about Eleven's dad. Um, without sure. spoiling it too much, he doesn't, um, you know, have the best fate in, in yeah. the novel. <laughs> Um, I was wondering, you know, that must have been really exciting to bring in such a crucial character, I guess, you know, someone who's going to be debated on the forums and stuff. Um, Yeah. How did you come about his character? Um, You know, it's funny, this project, well, all projects like this tend to have tight deadlines. And so you hope that the characters sort of appear to you mostly fully fleshed out. Um, and, and, and luckily that was the case with this book. I really fell in love with all the new characters that I got to create. Um, 
pretty much right away. And Andrew was definitely one of those. Um, and of course I was worried the same, I don't want to spoil too much, but I think we've said like the dad is not Dr. Brenner, which is a theory that a lot of people had. Mm. Um, and actually there are still, I've seen a few fans who are like, he's still the father. He (laughs) artificially inseminated her. And it's like, no, (laughs) no, it's Andrew. Um, but I really wanted the men to sort of support Terry's story. And I wanted them to be the kind of good, decent guys that I know. Um, and I wanted us to feel this ache, right? For Eleven not getting to, to have these two wonderful people as her parents. Um, but Andrew was a lot of fun to write. And their relationship was a lot of, of fun to write. And all their Lord of the Rings in-jokes. Um, so, yeah, I really enjoyed writing the kind of character who both is a hero. You know, he's not, he, he's a little bit of both, right? Like, mm. he's brave, too. And he and Terry have a lot of things in common. Um, so he was a character who, and also thinking about Vietnam and the impact that it would have had on college kids at that time, um, was not difficult to imagine um, what someone who was really concerned about what was going on, would would do, um, you know, and, and he does have agency, even though he's sort of acted upon, he makes choices himself. And that was important to me for all these characters, um, because they are being experimented on and moved around like chess pieces. Um, I still really wanted them to get to make decisions of their own and have consequences for those. Mm. And in terms of Eleven, um... I was just wondering if you had an opinion yourself. I'm sure you do. Um, I guess she kind of takes after her mother, really. Um, was that a very conscious decision? And do you think we'll see more of that as we progress into the TV show, um, season three of, of Stranger Things? Um, I don't know. I think I definitely will see it. Um, yeah. And I hope one of the things that I hope that that fans take away is sort of the poignancy of everything that we've seen and with Terry's ultimate fate. I mean, just to think about the fact that in season two, when when they finally are together in the same room, um, even though Terry has been tortured to the point where she's not really herself anymore, she still manages to give information to Eleven, um, you know, and just that core of strength, I think, is something that they share. Um, and so I, I do think, like, obviously... Um, you know, Eleven has this longing around her mama, and hopefully somebody will take that role on in the show. I think we would all love to see, you know, I'm definitely a Hopper Joyce um, uh, shipper, so maybe <laughs> they'll get to have a little family at some point, because certainly I think Terry would want that, and would be very proud of her for having escaped. Mm. And um, you said before that you fell in love with all the characters. Does that extend to Dr. Brenner as well? Oh, no. <laughs> although, although I will say that it turns out that Matthew Modine is entirely lovely um, <laughs> and has been very supportive of the book. And we're working on trying to put together a signing event with, with he and I, actually, which is so rare for a celebrity to, um, to embrace a book. Uh, like this, I assume he's a reader. I look forward to meeting him, but he's been so kind and generous. I think he may only play a villain on TV. Um, but uh, yeah, Dr. Brenner was fun to write in the sense that he is um, he is an 80s horror villain. And, and a lot like some of the doctors who were part of MKUltra, really. Um, one of the things I turned up in my research, um, I don't know how much you know about MKUltra, which was a, a, a secret experiment series here in 
the United States and Canada mostly, mm-hmm. um, that uh, where college students and other people, sometimes without their knowledge, were experimented on with LSD and all these various mind control techniques, and it sort of evolved into um, kind of the military's and CIA's investigation into extrasensory perception um, and all that stuff that we see in the show. And so I discovered in my research that one of the worst, most notorious cases of a doctor uh, administering LSD to a mental hospital patient for over a hundred days in a row happened a mile from my house. Um, So just having that sort of connection of like, there were people who did this stuff, who treated people this way. And what would someone who's a sociopath like that, who believes their work is so important, be like? Um, So I wanted to keep Dr. Brenner mysterious, but also give a glimpse into how he thinks. And um, do you think he is redeemable as a character as such? No way! (laughs) (laughs) But it's scientific. I mean, mean, uh, uh, mean, he's tortured children. He's, uh, you know, I mean, he's... He's not a good guy, which is actually refreshing because I think that we sort of have this tendency now to want all our villains to be super complicated anti-heroes. Yeah. And in real life, some people are just bad. <laughs> so there's no <laughs> argument for scientific curiosity in this case? <laughs> I don't think so. Actually, to me, the hardest thing to get over was the was the idea that this bad science worked, right? I had to like really work hard uh, to be like, okay, I've got to pretend that these experiments work. <laughs> yeah. And um, I was just wondering, actually, um, I don't know personally a lot about the um, MKUltra experiments. So what? how many kind of people were affected by these? Is it a kind of reported? Lot. So there were, um, there were dozens of universities that participated. So it, it was not much of a leap to assume that one that Terry was in in, uh, in Indiana would be involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't really know the full extent because the government was able to destroy a lot of the records. So a lot of what we know is bare bones here and there um, from declassified documents and some court cases. Um, there's an infamous doctor who worked on the, uh, or a researcher who worked on the program who um, his family was told jumped out of a window. Uh, and then of course it looks like upon further investigation, he was probably murdered by the CIA after being dosed with LSD. And so in the CIA, they would dose each other. Like you would, they would just put LSD in the coffee and people would know to see what would happen. Um, there was, a, a there, I mean, there were experiments involving prostitutes, mental patients. Um, and it was all sort of designed to find ways to develop one, like the Manchurian candidate, like super soldier that you could program um, but also just mind control to get information and, you know, like, can we use LSD to make people more susceptible to interrogation and those sorts of things. And, and um, it's really, it's, 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 it's insane because it is the kind of thing that you're like, Oh, crazy conspiracy theories. But in this case, it really happened, mm. but it sounds made up. <laughs> and I was going to say, actually, you know, do you think, Stranger Things, that the world of Stranger Things is an example of what happens when these things go wrong. Yeah, I think there is a core there um, of exploring the dangers to humanity, you know, mm-hmm. to, to people's humanity um, when we sort of treat people as, as guinea pigs. Um, and so much of the power of the show is that 
love that we all have for this little girl who's been who's been tortured and kept isolated and just wants a family and a love and some normalcy and to understand what's happening to her. Hmm. So in that respect, what would you like to see coming up in season three for Eleven? Would you want to see her kind of um, normalize or, or something like that? Um, I think I would love to see her get to have a balance. I mean, I'm sure, I mean, because it's a story, right? It can't be easy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so there's what my heart would want for her and then what I would want to see on TV, but I would love to see her have a little bit more stability, um, with Hopper. And, and it seems like we probably are going to get that and that she's chosen sort of her friend family there in Hawkins, um, And, but I do think that still working to accept her powers because she does want to be normal and have a normal life, I think, um, I think that will be something that I will really be interested to see the show explore, like Mm -hmm. how she accepts sort of these two halves of herself, the ordinary and the extraordinary. Mm. And how about you as an author? Will you be delving back into the world of Stranger Things? Uh, nothing planned yet, but I had a blast with this project. So I will never, never say that I won't write another Stranger Things story yeah. because um, it was a lot of fun. I was going to say, do you have any idea of where you would want to go next with it? Or would you like to carry on with the same characters that you were writing about? I don't know. I mean, I do. A lot of people have been like, just make the prequel show, <laughs> <laughs> which obviously I would love um, because I do love like Terry's cast of friends that I developed, I think would be really fun to watch. And I mean, one of the things that was fun about this book for me is I've been wanting to write kind of a girl friendship, a girl gang sort of to speak. Mm -hmm. Um, so even though we have Ken, I think that what I wanted to do was basically sort of gender flip the dynamics of the show. Right. And, and sort of have a core group of female friends with men on the fringes, the way that the show has kind of the opposite of that. Um, and so, so uh, I would love to, you know, just, I mean, I, I like writing stories with women at the center. So if I, if I come back to this, that will probably be the, the kind of story that I write. And one of the characters that has been discussed quite a lot online is Alice. And I was wondering if you could yeah. tell me why she's so important in this novel. Uh, I love Alice. So Alice is sort of our connection to the future uh, of Stranger Things. She has some powers of her own. Um, and also is, is somebody whose fate is very much in jeopardy and could be very dangerous, um, in in the wrong hands. Um, and she was one of those characters that, I mean, immediately when she showed up on the page, just, I love her. Mm -hmm. She's like this brilliant towny tinkerer type, um, who has no formal education and, uh, and is from kind of a very blue collar working class family. Um, but is just like a mechanical genius and sees the world in this really unique, sweet way. Um, and Terry and she develop a really strong bond. So yeah, I adore Alice and I love seeing people's theories about Alice because you never know when you write a book like this, will people, um, love the new characters Mm. that they don't already know. Um, but so seeing like, I mean, there are people who are like, Alice is really Jane's mom. And it's like, no, it's Terry. Like, <laughs> but I love that you, you know, would, would be cool with that. And actually a young fan named her new ferret after Alice. Oh. And has been posting videos. What has the response been like from the fandom? Cause they're, they're quite an active bunch. They are. They've been 
really lovely to me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like just uh, very, very um, enthusiastic. And I really have not had a bad experience yet, which is rare with fandoms. So if there are people who hate the book, and I'm sure there are, they are not coming to me with it, which I appreciate. <laughs> <laughs> So if you've listened to Netflix before, you'll know we like to give you lovely listeners advice on what you're going to want to watch next. And to start off, we need to rediscuss The Umbrella Academy. So last week on the podcast, me and Callum discussed the show at length. And honestly, if you haven't watched it yet, you absolutely have to. And then listen to the podcast. It's all about a group of superheroes who have to save the world from an apocalypse they know is going to happen. It's real nail-biting drama from the mind of Jared Way and such a cool comic book adaptation. It's well worth a watch, Helen Kelly. <laughs> if teen dramas are your bag, perhaps going for 13 Reasons Why could be your next move. It's all about Hannah Baker, who sadly took her own life. It then becomes an investigation about why she chose to end things, as well as a seriously interesting look at teenage relationships in high school, where every action has a consequence. But... I just want to add in a warning. Some scenes are difficult to watch. So I would take note of the warnings around the series before you do begin it. And there's plenty of information. They have associated websites to help with any issues raised in the show. Um, But we couldn't really talk about Strange Things without discussing Twin Peaks, the show that made small town supernatural mysteries even a thing. FBI agent Dale Cooper comes to investigate the murder of a high school girl, but quickly becomes involved in the lives of Twin Peaks' quirky residents. It's an iconic one, and one everyone should see in their lifetime. Guess that's me included. (laughs) So that's all for this week. Thank you so much for listening. And if you liked what you heard, please like, subscribe and tell your friends. Come and get involved with the debate on Twitter at NetflixPod, where we'll be teasing details of our very special next episode. And vote in our poll. Last week, we asked who your favourite member of the Umbrella Academy was. And I can officially announce that Vanya was your choice with Klaus coming second. Probably the same for me. So good picks, people. This week, we're asking whether you think Stranger Things should end after season three. The sacrilege. I know, but maybe it's time. Everything has to come to an end. And we want to know if you think the show is getting closer to the end. Join us on Twitter, that's at NetflixPod, and have your say. I know what I'm voting. And of course, don't forget to head over to express.co.uk for all your TV news and exclusive interviews. And like I said, Netflix is welcoming a very special episode next week. We don't want to give too much away, so tune in to find out more. You do not want to miss this. See you next week. Bye.